0: It's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never (laughs) ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
1: What a song, what a song. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be with all of you. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was fun, productive. Hope you got a lot done. Um, I know I did. Mine was a great weekend. Uh, First and foremost, like I do every show, I want to thank my audience, my amazing co-hosts, my sponsors, and my guests. You guys are all incredible and the show just keeps getting better and better every episode. Uh, don't forget, we're listened to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. Again, that's in, in 23 countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And, everybody, if you missed any past clips, past episodes, or need, need 20% breaking news coverage, please visit our new media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. G-E-N, and everybody, uh, remember that I will be announcing in the coming weeks uh, details uh, about uh, the many notable people that will be doing shows on our network. So I can't wait to share that with all of you. And uh, it will be really exciting and uh, definitely um, a huge powerhouse. So I'm, it's a huge lineup, guys. I can't wait. I can't wait to share this with you. Um, I do want to welcome to the show uh, Dr. Award-winning speaker, Professor, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and currently the Commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch. How are you, sir?
2: Well, I'm fantastic. I hope that you're doing well. Rory had a great weekend of hiking with family, watching the Kentucky Derby, and celebrating the amazing popularity of our president with those new numbers out.
1: Oh, it's, it's incredible. Best job number since 19 19- 69, my friend.
2: Amazing. Amazing numbers. And
1: and I'll tell you, you got Asian unemployment at an all-time low. You got Hispanic unemployment at an all-time low. Women's unemployment is at the lowest in over 50 years. Uh, You have Black unemployment at an all-time low. It just keeps getting better and better. This guy's – Trump is a miracle worker. He really is, Dr. Branch.
2: I agree with you on that. Forward talking to you tonight, all about it.
1: Excited. I'm excited too. Uh, let's welcome Mike Peters from New York. Mike, you on the line?
3: Yes, I'm here. Thank you very much. Uh, and, uh, thanks again for having me, and it's uh, an honor to be here. Always have a great well, show. Well,
1: great to have. Yeah, great to have you here, Mike. Uh, I also okay. want to welcome to the show, uh, conservative talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author Daryl King. Daryl, how are you, my friend?
4: Hey, brother. I'm doing good. I, I'd be a little better if you called me last night, if you called me back. But we, we've we been playing phone tag, so I'm sure we'll touch base soon. But I'm excited for another fun episode and uh, already excited to hear that we've got Mike and Dr. Branch on and, and looking forward to seeing who else you've got on here tonight.
1: Absolutely. we got some huge guests coming on. I'm very excited. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show a businessman, Twitter master, activist and political strategist, Bill Lambert. Bill, how are you?
5: I'm doing good, Rory. How are you tonight?
1: Doing well, man. Great to have you here. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show founder of College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin DuKyper. How are you, my friend? I'm doing
6: fantastic, and I'm uh, going to be excited for the show, as always, and it's getting better and better. Thanks, Rory, for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, guys, I want to get into the ma- the main story here you know the democrats are are ridiculous i mean there's no collusion that's not good enough for them they want they want to play this game over and over no answer is good enough for them they they know that their audience it, it still believes there's russian collusion which is why they keep pushing the narrative I don't know what it's going to take because now they're saying that Mueller's going to come in and testify. I, even if that happens, that's not going to be good enough for them. And now you have them grilling William Barr, completely trying to destroy this man's life and, and totally get under his skin, and he hasn't even been attorney general for three it's about 3 months actually he's been attorney general. And don't forget he got a decent confirmation when, when he was going through the process. There were quite a few people that were in favor of him because he's been, he's been known for a long time in D.C. So now, all of a sudden, they have, they have such a big issue with him. I mean, we, we knew that they were, regardless, regardless of the outcome of, of what Mueller uh, put out in his report, the Democrats were going to go fight against it. You know, we heard them say, it's Mueller time, it's Mueller time for so long. For two years, they've been saying that stupid shit, and it turns out that there, there is no collusion. And the fact that they can keep pushing this and keep getting away with lies and slander and, and the sore loser mentality is disgraceful. These people are still focusing on the 2016 election, and they're not even focused on 2020. And they think they have a prayer in 2020. Trump is going to wipe the floor with their faces. They have no chance. Trump will get more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. His support uh, base is unbelievably bigger than it was, and it was huge before. Let me remind you. So now just think about think about it now with how much bigger it is. Unstoppable. I mean, we're going to come out in full force. But this this Russian this Russian narrative, this whole. Uh, you know, ideology that that they keep coming up with. I mean, these are just crazy stories. Like, they have no merit. They have no logic. If anybody's guilty of colluding with the Russians, it's the Democrats. Look at what Hillary Clinton did with our Uranium One. Did you ever see Trump doing anything like that? No. These people had two years, and it wasn't good enough, like I said earlier. It'll never be good enough. They interviewed hundreds of people. They went through, I assume, probably every everything of Trump's uh, finances. I mean, they spent thirty-five, like twenty. It was either yeah, it was like twenty-five million dollars. You're telling me that there's still something on Trump even after all these investigations? I don't think so. If there was anything on Trump, just like I said beforehand, it would have came out way, way before the election. The last person they wanted in D.C. is Trump, the swamp creature. That's the last person they wanted. And you see all this envy and all this bickering and, and this hostility towards our president. You have so many people that are upset that he came in there and just became president while they have to pay their dues and they have to go through all these different processes, uh, you know, and and they, it's just, it's so easy to tell the envy and the jealousy. It's so easy to tell. And the whole, you know, you know, William Barr has done a fantastic job. Anybody that watched that hearing and, and has a logical state of mind and understands law knows that he did fantastic, very professional, Firm, direct, straight to the point. And what what do Democrats do? Same sort of thing they did with Kavanaugh. They they just bash and bash and bash, and it doesn't end, guys. It does not end. Um, I wanna I wanna play this clip. Um, Tucker Tucker Carlson made a great point earlier tonight on just the, the, how far lost the Democrats are, and how they're so fixated them and their audience. On trying to bust Trump or anything, and they still say collusion, but we know most of the Democrats know it's false that there was no collusion. But they keep pushing it because of their sheep. Their voters buy into it. Uh, one four.
7: Good evening, welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. For more than two long years, the institutional left told us they knew exactly what the Mueller report would say. He said it would end the Trump presidency and save this nation. Congressman Adam Schiff, who sits on the Intel Committee and would know, gave us a preview. Schiff said that he had seen with his own eyes proof that the President of the United States colluded criminally with the government of Russia. BuzzFeed, a noted cat blog, said it had conclusive evidence that Trump obstructed justice. ABC News momentarily tanked stock prices when it reported that Trump had ordered his national security adviser to talk to the Russians and so on. The Mueller report is going to prove all of these stories true. And then the report came out and it turns out that none of it was true. It was all a lie. So how did the people who told and repeated those lies respond? Well they could have done what decent people do. They could have resigned their jobs, tearfully apologized for misleading our country, and then moved to Paraguay in shame. They could have done that, but they didn't. Instead they did what they always do. They became more aggressive. They decided that actually the Mueller report vindicated everything they've been saying since 2016. It's all there. It's just being hidden by that dastardly attorney general, Robert Barr. William Barr. Whatever. Barr. Suddenly, Barr was right up there with Putin and George Papadopoulos as an enemy of the people. Are you talking about just having
4: him sit for a hearing or or locking him up somehow?
7: Uh, You have
8: to have him sit for a hearing, and I think you have to have him locked up unless he he agrees to participate and uh, come to the hearing.
9: The House and the Senate, each chamber, has an inherent power to compel a witness to testify if that witness just refuses, and that includes arrests and even includes jail. The House is powerless unless the House takes some action. We have what's called inherent contempt proceedings, which means we send the sergeant of arms out to handcuff the individual okay. who is declining who's to Who are you going to handcuff? And, well, I'm going to start with um, Mr. Barr.
8: Jesus,
7: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Lock him. Lock him up. Send him to jail. The man who's been attorney general for less than three months must be imprisoned for his crimes, whatever those crimes are, and the president must go on trial, too. Now, you might think that being cleared of collusion by the Mueller report would be good news for Trump, but no. It just means he must be impeached.
0: To invite a foreign power to participate in our elections, to obstruct justice and cover
7: He almost wished his campaign wasn't over, that it would go on forever. (laughs) So every night we get new clips of the hat and the bouncing and the hand gestures, so great. But did you hear what he said? He said impeached, no matter what the cost, impeachment is a theological imperative. Watch.
8: Are you concerned that impeachment talk may actually
7: help the president's reelection?
3: I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, He will get (laughs) reelected
7: impeach him before the people choose him as their president again that's how democracy works now watching all this you might assume that the left has lost control of itself and you would be half right the democratic base has been emotionally incontinent for quite some time they're getting worse not better and you can thank the internet for that but the people who run the party are not crazy they are coolly rational they always have been they want power that's all they want whatever it takes These people don't throw fits unless it serves some higher political purpose. And this fit does serve a higher purpose. They're trying to divert attention from a much bigger story. Remember when Trump said the Obama administration had been spying on his campaign? The Democratic Party's bootlickers went absolutely crazy the second he said it. They rushed to the nearest television studio to mock the very idea.
3: President Trump has a new favorite word, and every time he uses it, he is... Lying, and that is the word spy, his baseless claims of spies.
5: This so-called spy issue. First of all, there's absolutely no evidence there was a spy. So it's really a fake issue. He wants you to believe that his campaign
3: was spied on, and it's one of the worst things that we've ever seen from government.
7: I think looking back, the VCR, one of the great inventions in human history, maybe fire the wheel the VCR, because it allows us to preserve people's claims on tape and then play them back. The group you just saw were hysterical at the idea that Trump might believe there was spying on his campaign. They were hysterical because they suspected it might actually be true. And now we know that it was. In fact, according to a recent testimony from a high-ranking FBI official, the spying turned out to be far more expensive, extensive than Trump suspected. Even James Clapper had to concede that.
3: Using undercover uh, agents is a uh, standard and legitimate technique that is widely used in, in investigations. Uh, that technique has been used to thwart a lot of uh, counterterrorism uh, plots in this country. So I'm sure. I mean, there are protocols and standard standards for using a, an, an agent, and I'm sure that's the case here. Was, Was it spying? Either? Well. It, Yeah, I guess it meets the dictionary definition of of surveillance or spying, a term I don't particularly like.
1: Oh, stop sugarcoating, Clapper. CNN needs to stop. Of course it's spying. Yes, the Trump campaign got spied on. Yes, it's much worse than Watergate and the whole Nixon scenario. It's it's probably the worst political scandal in history if you really go back and look at everything. This is one of the worst – uh, abuses of power we've seen when uh, we have the Democrats so fixated on impeachment that they're not even focusing on policy. You know what? what once their sheep find out that impeachment will never happen, they're going to be pretty let down. I mean, and it's, you know, the, the truth is going to come out. Trump's going to start investigations on these people and they're going to get a taste of their own medicine. It, you know, it's, it's like these Democrats don't even focus on policy. It's it's disgraceful. I mean, they're so fixated on abusing power and being corrupt and, and going after all these different these different things it's, it, that have no merit. Uh, Dr. Branch, go
5: ahead.
2: Oh, I, I I'm right with you on that. As far as having no merit, um, I wasn't able to be here on last Thursday, but I know that you probably talked about uh, Senator Hirono. Uh, you know, addressing Bill Barr, uh, Attorney General Barr. Uh what she said, how she said it, the disrespect that was shown to that office, I think was you know, uh is unforgivable. Then Blumenthal when Blumenthal went and he
1: looked at Barr, You're cutting out a little bit
2: was, Oh my gosh. You're he good looked now. you know he said, good now he said Okay, so he said that, uh, you know, would Blumenthal, you know, talk to Barr, and, uh, you know, he was talking about uh, Mueller, uh, the phone conversation, whether or not it was, in fact, were there any notes taken? And Barr says, yes, there was notes taken. Blumenthal goes, well, you know, I know that you'll turn over those notes to to us. And he says, no,
1: No, why should I? (laughs)
2: Yeah, No, why should I? And it was was beautiful. It it was beautiful because this person knows the law. He knows the law. He's not skirting the law. He knows the law. He knows right now all this is now is political fodder. All this is, you know, this this whole subpoena to get the the tax returns. All this is, uh, is for political gain on the Democrats so that they can go into the 2020 election cycle. That's all it is. And to me, you know, listening to this, I I had a friend call up this morning. I haven't talked to him in a while, and he was talking about how disrespectful everybody is to everybody now in the political elements. Um, You know, even when, you know, Comey was testifying, he was still treated with respect, People were saying, you know, you had a life of great service, and you had this. Now please answer these questions. Now it's you know, right. it, it it's just to the point, you know, you're a liar. Why are you even here? And that's just the Demo- Democrats' mantra, and it's not playing well. I'm just letting you know right now, you can see in the popularity numbers of President Trump, the Democrats just calling everybody a liar right now just is not playing well. And uh, I know that they're scared, so – you know, it's it's going to be interesting to hear what everybody else has to say on this. Yeah,
1: and, and I will I will say, you know, uh, these this sort of corruption is just it goes to a whole new level of uh, of craziness. I mean, it it's insane. Uh, Ke- uh, Kevin, go ahead. Uh, yes,
6: I mean there is no doubt about it that this is the most extreme kind of uh, scandal that's ever happened within our government, and it's extremely laughable as well that they would suggest that – Trump suggesting that he was wiretapped is the Mm -hmm. most uh, biggest scandal that government has ever uh, perpetrated on on the people. And uh, so anyways, uh, we always talk about on this show about uh, what it means to to lie in front of Congress and how – like if I were to walk into a theater and I were to shout fire – I mean that's an extreme felony. I mean we have freedom of speech, but you cannot endanger other people's lives with your speech. And what the Democrats, the left, has been doing this entire time, even the establishment we saw with John McCain, well, they're putting out lies, making international news for now years on end. They are crashing – I mean not crashing. They are hurting the economy. I mean Trump and his actions has made a golden age within the economy, and there's no doubt about it. People realize it. They know – that, that's why he's, he's so popular and, and the economy is doing so well, despite everything that the, the left has done to try to hurt his image and try to hurt the economy. They, they said it themselves, uh, the best they could hope for is for an economic collapse or some sort of crash that would make Trump look so bad. So there is no doubt about it that this is highest treason that you could really come across, and they need to be convicted of their crimes, and no doubt about it.
1: Um, you're absolutely yeah. you're absolutely
6: right go ahead finish though you you had you had to continue your thought sorry uh no that's about it so I, I really just think that uh no matter how long this goes on with the testimonies that mueller is gonna give and um they're just gonna keep yeah. playing this game until it's, so it's long election long. time and It'll just try to going. yank it from them yeah exactly uh there's going to be no end to it so i i think that uh it it's time to pull the plug on this whole charade, this whole theater that the the left's pulling, and let's get some uh, indictments out.
1: You're absolutely right. Very well said. Yeah, uh, it's true. I mean, we need to get this rolling. Uh, Bill in
6: Texas, go ahead.
5: Well, I think what we're seeing is partly as part of this continuation of this soft coup that's been going on. You know, they, they're talking about jailing the the attorney general it, it yeah. may be that the, the corruption
3: is
5: well it 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 may be ridiculous but if you want a constitutional crisis there it is i mean here's who, if that if they really it, it may be to a point to where they're so corrupt and so guilty of, of such crimes that it's it, it's either all in or or you know it's in for a penny in for a pound so they may have no other recourse but to go through to try to do anything like this to save their their own skins. But if that's the case, and they may, and they may be knowingly or willingly or wantingly to get this to a situation where there's an actual civil war breaks out. Think about what's going to happen if, if Nadler and them send police officers to arrest the attorney general. What do you think is going to happen across this nation? Uh, Trump supporters are not going to sit down for that. I'm telling you they're not. That's going to be the spark, just like in the Revolutionary War, where it was one 16-year-old that got shot, and that sparked the, the war. It, we're at that same brink, and, and history repeats itself. And And it may be to a point now where they, they're they looking at maybe their whole lifetimes in prison for a mass majority of them, maybe 30 40%. Uh, when you and you start looking into the the media aspect of it and the leaking and you know it, it's like this Mueller letter who leaked the 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 fact that Mueller sent Barr a letter because Barr didn't talk about it nor did it anybody but it got to the media somehow so, and don't think Barr ain't looking into that either. So it it may be we may see a culmination within the next thirty days that that you just it'd be beyond what what we can even comprehend today
1: yeah i can imagine i i'm curious to see what happens uh let let's go to uh daryl Daryl go ahead well yeah i mean i just just imagine the
4: audacity of these people and we we've so quickly to forget uh the true crimes that hillary clinton you know committed. And how graceful of a thing that was, and what a, what an olive branch of peace that was. That President Trump, after winning the election, uh, you know, made the decision and sort of publicly said that we're not going to go after Hillary, and and that the audacity of these people to come after him, uh, after everything that they've committed, with such a uh, violence and such a, a hatred and venom it's It's truly remarkable, and I, and I think to me the thing that's really staggering about this, and I think that your audience really needs to understand this, they've been able to do all this out of power, okay? Imagine the havoc that they would be able to wreak on conservatives if they actually won. I mean right. you know you think of a banana republic, you think of you, you when we and the term was brought up last week, and I think it's you know this is an important thing to talk about there's a, there's a there's a concern here about a breakdown of the basic civility. I mean, usually when you have a banana republic, the victor uh you know gets to throw the the losers in prison. Now we have a society where even when the conservatives win, the deep state is so deeply entrenched in the leftist agenda that uh, we are under this this incredible assault to where a good and honorable man like Mr. Barr is now having to worry about these types of outlandish threats. Um, Your prior guests are hitting the nail on the head. We're dealing with treason, and it needs to be confronted directly. And it has to be done before they get to come after us. These people and what their shenanigans, what they've been doing, it has to stop. And we have to. If we can't do it now while we control the presidency,
1: God help us when we don't. Back to you. Amen, man. Very well said. You, you're always fantastic and right on, right on point. Uh, Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead, buddy.
3: I would like nothing better than to see something similar to that episode in the movie The Godfather where Michael Corleone, while he was becoming the Godfather, have all the action <laughs> taken at the same time. Federal marshals, Secret Service, arresting and rounding up all of them at the same time. That would send them a message all of these Democrats that there is something called accountability and you are going to be held to it. And it would scare the shit out of them. Let them get a taste of how the machine can work when they don't control it. Because we've had a good taste of it. I know I had a taste Absolutely. of it. As I told you, when I complained about when I complained about fraud and contracting and they, a week later I had agents at my door auditing me. Let them get a taste of it. We'll see what it's like on the other side. And have something like that. And round them up, charge them, and start dragging them into court. Start going through their houses, sending SWAT teams and everything, taking their computers and their files out of their houses. Give them a good taste. So, and then we'll hear them screaming. They'll be screaming bloody murder. But, see, they don't like it when they're not in control. They're willing to use tactics like this, you know, when they're in control. But when they're not in control, all of a sudden having it used on them, so there's the other side of the coin so that thing about the the Godfather movie I would like I said I'd love to see that it won't but nice to dream anyway
1: very very well said Um, we'll be right back everybody with Fred Rubino we'll be right back
0: where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky with the sass of the south combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country for savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. The new Bacon Smokehouse Burger. It's the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's.
8: Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production.
1: And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, don't forget if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24 7 breaking news coverage, visit our new media site, thenexnexgen, GEN, USA.com. And we will be having many notable people starting to do their own shows on the network here in the coming weeks. And I'm excited to announce that uh, to you guys, and I will um, here in, in, in the next week or so I'll be announcing stuff. But I do want to welcome to the show, very, very popular guy. You've seen him everywhere online, famous comedian, entrepreneur, commentator, and political activist Fred Rubino. Fred, it is a pleasure to have you on. I'm
10: a huge fan, man. Why, well, thank you so much. What a great announcement that was.
1: You know, you it, it's me? your first time on the show. Oh, go ahead.
10: No, I just wanted to know if you could hear me. That's all I want to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can hear you very well. And uh, since it's your first time on, Fred, I, uh, I always ask my guests when they first come on, you know, about their, about their life. You know, uh, the success you've had, your career, you know, the different chapters you've been through. Uh, All that good stuff.
11: Well,
9: uh, right now
10: I'm uh, doing stand-up comedy all up and down the East Coast, having a great time doing it. And um, because of
11: social media, I'm able to attract a a good amount of people to my shows, and I'm able to express my own beliefs. And if you could understand that in the comedian's world, 99.9% Ninety-nine point nine percent are ultra liberals. Liberal. Oh, so my one point one of one percent. I'm in that group, but I have a, a lot of fun just speaking my own mind, and they
0: lose their
11: minds when they see me doing it. And that's I love it. the fun. I lo- <laughs>
1: It is. it is, and that, you know what, give me, give me an example, because I'm going to play one of your videos in a second that I think is absolutely hilarious. I think all your videos are great, but this one is really is like my favorite one. But I want, I want you to tell us, um, what is the craziest uh, head-to-head uh, kind of ma- matchup or altercation you've had with a liberal? Uh, what's the craziest thing? Because I know they're, they're very sensitive. They go off
11: constantly.
10: Yeah, they 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 go off constantly, but
11: like i said i have I have a, a very good following, so a lot of times I'll get my whole crowd are people who are fans of mine already, so they all re, they already have the same beliefs, but I've been in you know crowds where I started to, to be a little critical of Obama, and <laughs> they would get up and start just yelling at "You're a racist. You're a racist. And I was like, wow. I said, you know, and I would always make a joke. I would say, hey, listen, mom and dad, you can't come to the
10: shows anymore if you're going to do this. And, you know, I usually uh, break it up with funny because I never like to resort to their level.
11: Yeah,
1: no, I I hear you. I hear you, Fred. And correct me if I'm wrong. You
11: grew up in New York and now you live in Florida, Correct. That is correct. I am the King
10: of Brooklyn and now I uh I have a place in Florida, but I'm always back in forth, Brooklyn and Florida.
1: Very nice. Very nice. So, you've been in comedy. You've been in comedy a long time. What what was, you know, the, the 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 passion and what was, you know, the way you wanted to pursue this career? What what made what made you decide that?
10: Uh, you know, it's just When you think you're funny and you think you could write jokes and you say to yourself, you know, this is an art
11: form and uh, it's a way you could really express yourself. And when I got into comedy, it was like that. You could, you know, anything went. you could say whatever you want, but it has changed a thousand percent. You go to a place now, odds are the club owner is going to tell you, I want you, I don't want you to say this. I don't want you to say that. And it's always, always. If you want to bash Trump, it's okay. If you don't, if you want to say he's great, I'd rather you not say anything. And it's really changed. It's disgusting. And uh, a lot of clubs I don't play in anymore because I tell them, yeah, 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 and I do my whole thing. And I, you know, I, 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 it's always in a joke form. But I never, uh, I never uh, cave into them. I always say my mind, my peace of mind, and it's usually true, you know? These comics, they get up there. They're not even funny. Everything is just, that's Trump, he's an asshole, he's an he's I'm like, dude, just make a joke of it. I'm waiting to laugh, you know? They, they don't even get it. There is a derangement syndrome going on. These people are really mad, and I don't even I don't even get it.
1: I hear you. I hear you. And it's one of those things where, you know, and you just brought up a great point, how, you know, this whole, uh, the whole politically correct situation, how it's changed comedy. Can you please elaborate and just, like, explain to the audience the whole epidemic with political correctness? And it doesn't even allow comics to do their, do some of their skits anymore without people getting offended. I mean, there's so many pussies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
11: it's
10: completely changed. I mean,
11: like I said, I will be in a club, and there's, you know, there's not, I'm not the only comic on the uh, bill. There'll be a couple of other comics. And they'll go out there, and they're not even telling jokes. They're just mad at Trump and saying he's an asshole, and, and they're calling people in the crowd. If you like him, you're an asshole. And I'm like, these people paid to come out and laugh. So if I'm in the back room and we're talking, I'm going to tell you my views. And what would happen was a lot of these people, they're very uh, big favorites of the club or the club manager would be back there with us. And I would, you know, just in conversation, I'm not even doing it on the stage. I'm just having conversations in the back and the club manager will go, you know something? If you feel like that, I'm not, I'm not that comfortable with you being in the club. And I'm like, What? You know, but because it's irrational, they don't want to talk to me about it because once they talk to me about it, I could give them facts and I could explain to them. It's almost like a, they're children, and I'm the, the father, and I'm saying, don't you understand that the world is becoming a better place? You're fighting against the world becoming a better place, and, and you know, but it's irrational. And they'll tell me, oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I want to book you anymore or, you know, and it has nothing to do with my stand-up. A lot of times I just won't do political on my stand-up because of that, but they know how I think or they see my videos on Facebook and they don't like them. It's purely, it's purely an agenda that they have. It's, it has nothing to do with what, what product I'm putting out. They just know that I am conservative and they just don't like it.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, the double standard and the hypocrisy, and, you know, they, they have some nerve calling us bigots, but they're the real bigots. They're the real fascists. They're the people that are so judgmental and can't accept anybody for who they are with their beliefs if it doesn't align with them. But us conservatives, we're, we're open arms for so many different things. I think we're overly overly open arms and generous to a lot of people that um, have different ideologies. Wouldn't you agree?
11: I agree with you. I think we should, I think conservatives should be a little more conservative with who we let in and uh, into our circles and who we, um, what we tolerate, you know, we're very tolerant. I, I you know, when you are a kid, you think, Oh, liberals, I want to be a liberal because liberals are very tolerant. Liberals are not tolerant. Liberals are the ones burning books. Liberals are the ones who are banning people for their ideas. And uh, and conservatives are very, very open. They we're always like, hey, the Constitution says you can speak your mind. Go speak your mind. It's okay. They're saying, no, we don't want you to speak your mind. It's, it's actually, it's become the opposite. And it's, it's deranged. But now I'm in a good position that I can speak my mind. Not, not totally on Facebook, because I've been thrown off of Facebook so many times. Every single time it was doing something that was pro-Trump. Every single time. But I still do it, and now I do a nice little political thing on um, my stand-up. And, it, and it, I get standing
8: ovations,
11: and people come to me and they go, I go to clubs all the time. All I see is Trump bashing. It's so nice just to hear somebody say that the guy's okay or it's okay to be a conservative. It's okay. And I said, that's good. I said, you know what? Then that's my job. Okay. It's okay.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. You know, I want to play this video. Speaking of your videos, your videos are fantastic. And I want to play this one, the Italian wedding one. I, I cracked up so so much, I, I couldn't stop laughing. This is one of the funniest videos. Everybody has to hear this. Fred Rubino, everybody. He, he describes a family Italian wedding. Hilarious stuff. One, one five.
10: Freddie Rubino here. Well, beautiful day, and we have to plan my niece's wedding. Great, right? Wrong. We're Italians. We fight over everything. Can't invite Aunt Giovanni because Aunt Giovanni gave me $10 less than Uncle than cousin Dito at his wedding. Boom. She's gone. Okay. My grandmother can't sit next to my in-laws. Why? Because she thought she heard my mother-in-law say she uses canned sauce. My grandmother's got to hold a radio right to her ear just to hear the weather report. But she heard the words canned sauce whispered ...from 40 fucking feet away. Okay? (laughs) Nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. Uncle Tony can't sit next to my other Uncle Tony. They gotta sit on the opposite ends. Why? Uncle Tony did his concrete work. 25 years later, there's one crack. Wants his money back. Fucking guy's a thief, right? They gotta be separated. Can never win here. This is not easy. And then, my niece tells her husband... Your mother's got a fat ass. Boom. Wedding's off. (laughs) Wedding's off. And who do they call? They call me. You gotta go to the baker and cancel 700 cannolis. I gotta go. I went and told the baker he tried to fucking hang himself by his apron. We have to cut him down. Right? Italians, planning a wedding? Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Go to fredrubino.net. Buy a shirt. First Fridays, sending your videos. You got to be wearing the shirt. Get the fuck out of here, videos. Talk to you later.
1: Amen, man. Amen. I mean, these videos you put out are genius. I mean, they they are, you know, and you're you're so you're just so direct and so like you're naturally funny. It's just hilarious, man. What? How long did it take you to prepare for stuff like this?
8: These
11: videos. The the videos I, I write that day and I uh, just get like, you know, I get the roundabout what I'm going to say, and then I go with mm-hmm.
10: it. So, you know, but, you know, sometimes I have to film it three or four times
11: to be uh, happy with what I have, but I, I, I love doing them, and, and they attract people to my show. You know, but sometimes if I do it too political, boom, Facebook shuts me down. And a lot of times it's not even just serious political. It's just a joke. You know, like when Amarosa used to call herself uh, the dog I'm I'm the female dog in the pack. She used to say that all the time when she was in the Trump right. administration. She used to tell everybody, I'm the female dog in the pack. So I went on Facebook after she turned on Trump and I said the American Kennel Club has just warned about the new breed called Amarosa. <laughs> They're known to turn on their owners. And I got thrown off of Facebook for that.
1: I I'm know. Like, well here's the thing. Here's the thing, Fred. They, they throw people off for the craziest things, and it, it's so wrong because they simply do it because they don't agree with people's ideology. They don't. They, you know, they have all these... It, it's it's like... I mean, it's, it's communism at its finest. They, they're basically trying to pick and choose what people write on there.
11: It's true. And, um, you know, the liberalism of yesterday... Of the 60s, of the 70s, was a different liberalism. That was a liberalism of just like maybe wanting to be like an isolationist, pull out of wars, just, you know, concentrate on lifting up the country and stuff. That was a different ideology. The liberalism of today is a very, very dangerous thing. It's not even liberalism, like you said. It's socialism. It's meant
8: to overturn the country.
11: It's very, very dangerous that they're even calling it liberalism because that attracts young people. Young people, you know, in, in they're always liberal at heart. That's the way young people are. It's, it's the beauty of being young. You're liberal. You want everything to be okay and everybody to be fed yeah. and clothed. But it's not liberalism today. Today, it's right. socialism. And they don't understand, these kids, that yeah. Liberalism might be okay, but socialism is deadly. A lot of people die when socialism yeah. comes in. Yeah, and just
1: look at just look at Venezuela and you're absolutely right. Being a liberal today doesn't mean what it meant 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's a much different time. It's a dangerous ideology. And uh and you're absolutely right when you say, "Yeah, you know people want to be liberal, people want to be open for you, you know that's the whole idea of it to, to have open arms and welcome anyone, but that's not the current state of of liberals in today's society, you know what I mean, and you have yeah, you have and, them trying to
11: shut oh, go ahead and what it what it
0: breeds is
11: what happens with it is what's going on now is so crazy. Is that now they'll scramble to protect anyone yep.
3: who
11: is who is ultra who's anyone who's not a conservative? They will protect right. them. What's go What's going on now is that these great organizations that were that we I thought were great, like a, a, a like the feminist movement, like the ACLU. You know, they come to. And um, you know, just the, the Me Too movement—they will just sell out their souls just to yep. back a, a a liberal. You got a guy like Joe Biden. Joe Biden—it's documented.
0: Creepy Joe.
11: There's hundreds of of film clips of him groping women and yep. children, and instead of Me Too coming out and saying. I don't care who he is. We stand against this, and he has to go. Nobody in the Democratic Party is outraged over it. Even the parents of these kids who were groped because they're liberal and they're Democrats, they sell their own children out and say, no, it wasn't like that. It's, and it's it's terrible because when a guy is doing that, he's using, when a, when a guy gropes somebody, that is, horrible the guy is a filthy pig and there's something mentally wrong with him now when somebody who's in does it when they have a lot of power like the vice president of the united states it's even worse because now mm-hmm. these people could hardly defend themselves but it gets even worse because then when the people who are their colleagues who could call them out and say hey look this is terrible they keep them out shut. They are just going on it. And now you have a, a, a thing like a Me Too movement. Who doesn't have to answer to anybody? They're not going to lose their jobs. They're heralded as, you know, Hollywood heralded them as these great people who are trying to stop the uh, monsters like uh, Biden. And they keep their mouth shut and they are not in the streets marching saying this person has to go. It's all okay. The, the people who are not saying anything, these big, big forces like Me Too and the women's movement, keeping silent is worse than what he actually is doing because they are enabling anyone else who wants to do it to do it. Mm-hmm. And you look at, you know, you,
1: you're absolutely right. Look at the double standard. Imagine if President Trump was seen groping hundreds of women like Joe Biden. It would be headline news everywhere. And you, you have our society that has became so weak. You know, Obama created all these monsters to be entitled, to be weak, to be offended, to be politically correct. Now we have fools crying over statues. We have people, oh, it's offensive. Oh, we got all these different history that's been there hundreds of years and they want, to, they want to erase it. And you have all these people that are trying to go after Christians, like the LGBT and all these different other organizations. It just goes on and on. It's so many different things. How, you know, we got to this point, obviously, and, and it's it's sad because we, we don't have, uh, you know, people that are using the old traditional values as they should be, like the old days. Now – Millennials and, and different people, Generation Z, there is a lot of misinformed characters, and and we have to blame this obviously on the colleges as well. Eighty percent of colleges uh, shove liberal ideology down people's throats, but you know it's it, it's one of those things where, Fred, it makes me sick how weak people
11: are in today's society. That it's 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 so true, and it's um, and it's so disturbing. Now, now you, like you said, you mentioned the LGBT community. Okay, yeah. listen, I'm a Christian, I'm a conservative, I love all people, I love LGBT people. Every single family in the United States most probably has somebody that's, that's LGBT. We love them, we, we want to yeah. protect them. Now, if I want to protect someone in my family because they're gay, and I don't want them abused. And then, these LGBT groups are rallying the president to open his borders against these countries that openly persecute, that openly yep. merge throw and, main- and throw more off roots. It, it's unbelievable. It's It's like Jews advocating Nazism, it's insanity, how could anyone, anyone who's LGBT not absolutely be behind the president for not letting people in whose ideology is to kill LGBT people? I don't even understand where they're coming from. I hear you, and uh, you know, I
1: wanted I wanted to ask you, and I pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure I know why. But you came up with a brand called "Get the Fuck Out of Here." I'm guessing that was because of all the BS and political correctness going on in today's society. You know, you probably had to answer so many st- stupid people that you just got tired
11: of it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
10: That, well, that became with my videos too
11: because. I would look at a, like a, a social thing going on, and look at it, you know, from the outside. You step back from the outside and you say, "Okay, yeah. what if this was happening to you or your family?" And then you answer right. it usually correctly, you know, like uh, yeah, like uh, my videos of uh, of anything of anything Italian, and I you know I mold it into Italian stuff, and I'll say, uh, "Trump, you know, you're not supporting Trump." And you're gay? Get the fuck out of here! You know, like the <laughs> like open our borders, open! open don't build the wall when they're coming in and fucking taking every dime and bankrupting the country. Get the fuck out of it it, it, it! it you know it gives you like the exclamation point. Like, not only are you kidding me, it's like get the fuck out of here! What is wrong with you people?
2: Yeah,
6: yeah,
1: I love it. I love it. And you know, I wanted to ask you, and we talked about this earlier in the show. What what do you think of Russia, Russia, Russia? This this whole left narrative and and BS. I mean, you probably just laugh your
11: ass off at it. How ridiculous it is. Uh, The the first of all the Russia thing. If anybody has treated Putin (laughs) worse than Trump, it's I I can't think of a person. Trump has actually made him look like he's much weaker than the United States. When before that I mean Obama's telling him we're sorry, the way we treated you. Obama's caught on, on a on a microphone telling him when I get reelected I'll have so much more latitude. You got the other idiots selling them uranium <laughs> from nuclear bombs and, and 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 I'm thinking to myself how could you possibly think, no matter what you think of Trump, the last thing you got to think about Trump is that he's in Russia's pocket. I mean, he has got the – he is the guy with them in the headlock, like in the schoolyard. He, Trump's got Putin in a headlock. He's walking around the schoolyard. He's showing Iran. He's showing China. Look, you see I got the big bully in a headlock? You're next. And they're all falling in line. I love he is making this country so strong. I don't care what you think about him personally. I didn't I don't want him, I don't want to know about him personally. I want to know how he's going to run the country. And by the way, I was I was a construction worker for 37 years in New York City. The best jobs were Trump jobs. The best. They had the best conditions. The workers were treated fair, the most fair. Never bounced a check. Always, oh, the we would fight each other to get. If our company had a job on a Trump job, we would be fighting to get on that Trump job. The minute Trump got elected, my union turned around and was like, "Don't fuck, he's a monster! He's a monster! Are you out of your mind?" And they turned on yeah. him. My union really turned on him. Unbelievable! Jesus Christ!
1: And you know. Um, did you work quite a few uh, jobs on the Trump
11: deals? Yeah, loved it. Every single one of them. You know, you go on these construction jobs. Some of them are so poorly run. The bathrooms right. are almost non-existent. You know, they um mm-hmm. they, they're filthy. There's no uh, you know, you could die of the smoke inhalation. Trump always right. had all safety people on it he hired people to clean the bathrooms for us every holiday if you were on the job they they would like all right lunch is on us and they were i mean we were treated like great and i can tell you another thing my union one time um was in trouble and uh, trump's father i believe came in And they worked out like a deal with uh, working on Trump on the father's jobs and kept us working. And, you know, when I was in construction, the name Trump was held as high as possible. And then when they started saying, don't vote for Trump, don't vote for Trump, half of my union was like, what's going on? What are you, out of your mind? Don't vote for Trump. We love this guy. So a lot of times, like you see the firemen. Just back Biden. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you, eighty percent of all firemen in this country do not back Biden. It's their representatives because it, they're corrupt.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. No,
11: I I agree. And there's so much
1: there's so much fake news out there. Like you know, with, with the whole Biden thing. I, I I I agree. I agree with you. I, there's no way that all those firemen are are endorsing him. There's, there's no way. Um, I do, no I do way to take a quick, just com- like the cops. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I do got to take a quick commercial, Fred, please stick around. Um, well, many of my co-hosts have uh, different questions for you and stuff like that. We'll be back in about a minute. Thank you.
4: Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaySecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes, or call
0: 240-888-0682. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix.
8: Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea.
0: I can't tell you how good it feels to
5: have smoking behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix.
1: <laughs> and we are back, everybody. The Rory Sauter Show, worldwide, border to border, coast to coast. Listened to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, don't forget, if you miss any past episodes, past clips, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit our new media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. gen, G-E-N And don't forget, we will be announcing in the coming weeks uh, details about the many notable people that will be doing shows on the network. So very excited about that. Um, I want to go to Dr. Branch. Dr. Branch, go ahead.
2: First of all, Fred, it's, it's an honor speaking
1: with you're you. You're cutting all. out a little, Sorry, our, you're cutting out a little bit. You're good
2: now, you're good now. Yeah, i okay, great. First, you know, I I'd like to say uh, you know, what an honor it is to speak to you. I I'll tell you what, uh, speaking to the King of Brooklyn is is an honor and if I was there, I'd ask you for your autograph. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it it it's it's sad what you're saying, but it, you know, it's absolutely true, you know, as far as, you know, comedy, you know, I I remember a time when comedy was you know you'd be able to turn in late night uh talk shows listen to some great comedians discover new comedians go listen to all points of view but nowadays all it is is trump bashing uh you go out that's all you hear and and to me it's it's terrible and Rory asked you you know how long did it take you to make your videos the, the, the I think your answer is listening to you know some of your videos and stuff people have sent me over the uh over the course of the last year and a half have been it seems like it's your life, so it's been your whole life. I mean, uh, you know, thirty-nine years ago, I got married. Uh, I, I was in the Air Force at the time, so I flew in for my wedding. But my brother got married the week before I did, and he married into an Italian family. I never met them, never met his 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 future wife and his future ex-wife too. But uh, when we went, when I went to that wedding the week before my wedding. The the, the the scene at the wedding there was more Cadillacs black Cadillacs parked at that <laughs> wedding than than at the scene from the, the funeral for the dawn of the Godfather. I mean it was incredible. My brother came out and he said, Well Rob, what do you think? My family calls me Rob and I said he said, Rob, what do you think? And I said, I think you did not watch The Godfather. This is not going to end well for you and they, you know oh and I asked him, I said, What does he do? Oh he owns a bakery and it was like well the godfather owned an oil uh, olive oil company what what do you, what, what do you mean bakery you don't have all of this with with a bakery and uh but you know the 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 you know the thing that i'd like to you know really say to you is you know keep on you know keep on going on and i like what you said about you know uh trump and putin uh i, I don't know exactly how you said it but there hasn't been a person that's treat, treated putin worse and, you know, going on your comedy, you know, it, to me, that's like when somebody says that, you know, Trump treats Putin well, it's like saying that, uh, you know, that Carlo Ricci, uh out of the uh, treated Connie Corleone well. You know, the the reality is Trump has been exactly. beating the crap out of Putin. And, uh, you right. know, anybody should be able to see that. And I, I just want to say it's an honor. Uh, I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. You know, evidence of what you're saying is true. And, but I'd also, you know, you're the king of Brooklyn. I, I'd like to hear your comments on the nut job of Queens, AOC. What, what are your take on her? <laughs>
11: oh, uh, Cortez, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, Col- uh, Cortez. That's right. Let me tell you
11: something. She used to be a bartender. She's not even the smartest bartender I ever heard. Never mind the smartest congresswoman. She's the hardest. She's <laughs> the
9: I mean,
11: stupidest person I've ever, I mean, come on. You, you, know, you know what? I would have loved to go to the bar when she was the bartender. She's the kind you put a 20 on the table, she gives you $40 change. It's like, I, I would be at that bar every day. This woman <laughs> is a moron. But people are <laughs> <never> in. <laughs> You know, you know, people were lo- always looking for something for free. They voted her in, and now we got to listen to her. She doesn't want cars anymore. She doesn't want planes anymore. They see how long this country would last without cars and planes, you know? Forget about it. So, you know, they, they vote her in. She's as ignorant as they get, and this is the best. This is the best. Oh, my God. We're all doomed. We're doomed like that.
0: It's it's so
1: true. Um, Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead.
3: Well, I want to thank you. Welcome to the show. And also, uh, I see that you've played all around me, but you've never played my town. You've hit Tarrytown. You've hit everywhere. Pleasantville, but I'm up in Peekskill. Maybe one of these days we'll see you over here at the Paramount.
10: Yeah, I would like that. I would like that. But you know, sometimes you gotta get in your car and you gotta well, drive ten minutes
11: to come see me. I can I, I, the guy uh, wants me to play in his backyard, you know? Could you Yeah, you
3: I know, know really yeah, I, know. Yeah. I wish I had the luxury, it would work. I'd love to I'd love to be able to get down there, but our work is sometimes keeps us offline. But anyways, hopefully one of these days we'll see you and you know, I'm glad to see that uh With what's going on with the liberals and everything, I think America's lost its sense of humor in many ways. So it's great that you're out there doing this and uh, putting it in your face, so to speak, and reminding them.
0: There's others like me. There's
11: others. You got Scott Baio. You got Ted Nugent. You know, I I love, oh, you got to go on Ted Nugent's site. He is the best. I mean, I'm always commenting on stuff. He is a breath of fresh air, Ted Nugent.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate it very much. So keep up the great work. We appreciate it.
1: Uh, thanks, pal. Let, let's go to let's go to Daryl in New York. Daryl, go ahead.
4: Hey, I'm uh, I'm actually not in New York, but I was there last weekend, actually. I was in your stopping ground. I was in Brooklyn, uh, right across from Cannonball Park, visiting, uh, nice. visiting some relatives. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of your stuff on Facebook and definitely appreciate what you're doing. I, I think what I want to talk to you a little bit about, and I'm sure that you'd agree with me on this, is just the, the sort of, the breakdown in the quality of the craft, you know, because I I grew up and, um, you know, I used to love watching Saturday Night Live. I used to love watching political impersonations, you know, Dana Carvey, not going to do it, wouldn't be prudent, but, you know, that type of <laughs> stuff. And, and at the time, I, I mean, I think, you know, those people were probably for the most part all pretty much progressives, but they didn't have the intense hatred that they have now. And I think that what we've seen, I mean – Saturday Night Live just—it's not funny anymore. You know, like I, I appreciate a good Trump impersonation. John D. Demonico—I mean, that guy's a genius. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but yeah. the, just the, the the people now that are these so-called comedians—they're just—they're just not funny. They don't have people on Saturday Night Live that can do passable impersonations of celebrities, and. It's it's really and and the ratings are going down the tubes. The the quality of the product is just just going completely down the tubes. And you know these people, they're such ideologues. They're so obsessed with their politics that they don't care. I mean, it's remarkable to me that Lauren Michaels has allowed Saturday Night Live to to just completely erode into what it is now. These these really these talentless social justice warriors. You know, they, they have, the, they have the, all the exact same material, as you said, it's these terrible, you know, Trump parlor jokes that they swap around in the green room. And none of these people actually have comedic personalities. And I think that this is what you're talking about in your industry. Um, I think that you find this in all industries that become leftist-dominated, which is that these people, their religion is political correctness. And everything is secondary to that. They lack professionalism. You know, I use the analogy if, if a leftist is working at Subway, uh, you know, he's going to get your order wrong because all he's going to be trying to do is trying to lecture you about your politics. And what you're doing, I think, is very important. And we, I think that we need to have more comedians. And, and, and I look online, I mean, every day we have a generation of bright young kids that are cranking out just hilarious content. That blows people out of the out of the water. Even the people that are considered, you know, conservative comedians, there's um, there's such, such a vacuum for this. And I think it's good that you're doing what you're doing, and you are finding an audience because there's a there's a huge segment of the population that is actually looking for something that's funny. And I think comedy is very important because comedy is is all about pushing boundaries, and you know, political correctness is the exact opposite. So it's it's almost fundamentally impossible. For somebody to be funny while adhering to the uh, the absurd reality of political correctness. I mean, there's there's a tremendous irony with these people, these so-called comedians, and you know their material is just so patently unfunny, and they're missing the point, which is that they are hilarious. Their their existence is hilarious, and that they're so oblivious to it. You know, the Samantha Bees of the world, and the the Seth Meyers, they're the joke. They're, and they are the, the joke. The joke is how not funny they are. And, and my, my last point I'll make, the, the funniest thing to me that I have seen on Saturday Night Live in the past five years is the night that Hillary Clinton lost. And their <laughs> cold open was Hillary Clinton, their impersonator, singing a sad song on a piano in a
0: somber room.
4: That, to me, was hilarious, though not in the way that they
11: intended.
0: But
4: uh, those are my
11: thoughts on it, Frank. Well, well, I I, I could tell you with the – I know I'm doing something right because when I go on stage a lot of times, I'll have people who are not Trump supporters. But when I do my political stuff, which isn't long, it's about 10 minutes out of my 50-minute set, but when I do my Trump jokes, and, I, and, they're, and they're pro, you know, you don't see it coming, but it comes on and it's pro-Trump. They even say, you know what? That was funny. So I did my job. I, I stuck to what I wanted to do, but I made it funny. If I go see a comedian and he does it, he does Trump jokes, but it's clever and it's funny and it makes me laugh, then fine. That's fine. I, I, I don't mind it at all, but I know I did my job right when I make what You know, non-conservative laugh at my jokes. and You know, I, I do a joke about how Trump is going to get boring because in the next two years, he's already done so much, he's going to have nothing else to do. CNN's going to have him show him cutting his lawn and, uh, you know, playing cards. He's going to have nothing left to do. He's doing so much. And I said, and he's employing, minorities at such a rate that there's not going to be any more poor black kids to do rap music. It's going to be, they're going to be rapping about like private schools and 401ks. It's going to destroy rap music. You know, and I'm, I'm working in that how great of a job he's doing and then making a little joke about it and they enjoy it, but you don't get that on the other side. The other side is pure, I hate it. there's no joke in it. I hate him if you like him, you're a asshole if you and it's it's just not doing your job. Do your job, make a joke of it, make a funny joke out of it. You could still get your point across. make a goddamn joke out of it <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs>
4: completely well. completely agree,
1: yeah, I love it. I love it. uh, Bill in Texas, go ahead,
5: well. Nice to have you on the show, Fred. It, uh, you're a funny guy. Um, well, thank you, sir. I, I think we're, we're missing a, a lot. If you've ever really studied the Jim Joneses and uh, the Branch Davidians and uh, the Charlie Mansons, what we're seeing is, is a cult-like uh, outline of, of behavioral conditioning. And that's done through. It's like that, that tweet I that screenshots I showed you, Rory, where that tweet got forty thousand retweets in under a minute. Um, yeah. On a liberal agenda thing, forty thousand retweets in under a minute. I don't think so. But the but through Google, through the media, through entertainment, through movies, through even the spam you get in your emails, they've created they've they've created a an, a, a mental conditioning that's to to cause an emotional reaction. And that emotional reaction they want is hate and anger because that's what will elicit a, a reaction in the, personal, in the person's actions so that the person takes actions by reacting to their own anger and hate. And the way they enforce that is just like a cult, too, by, by dominance, by we'll destroy you, by we'll attack you, we'll destroy your life. We'll, so it, it's a form of, of placing people in a forcible submission. And that's – it doesn't matter where you look. And so they've created a false reality for public uh, that hates Trump, hates us, we're all racists, we're all bigots, we're all hypocrites, we're all egomaniacs, men are bad, male masculinity, you know, L B A Q, you know, if you're Christian, you hate them. You know, that's between God and, and the person in that community. It ain't got nothing to do with me or my religion or my relationship with God. And most Christians feel the same way. You accept the person for who they are. And if that's how they are, you love them just the same. It's not your deal, but it's not your place to sit and talk to them about it or judge them or do anything like that. But that's the real thats the real nemesis and the real the real genesis of what we're seeing with people with the way they behave and all that. And it's a, bit, it's a reaction, and like I said, if you, if you get out of that line, if you get out of that, then – they're going to destroy you. They're going to uh, try and destroy you emotionally, mentally, financially. Yeah,
11: yeah. You know what, though? I think it's more dangerous than that. I think it's not just trying to give and steer you one way. I think there's big people pumping in big money to do those things. And I'll give you, a, for instance, when was the last time you seen, like during the Obama time, when cities were on fire, that people were being bussed in. Buses cost money. People have to be fed. They get bussed into areas, and all of a sudden there's a huge race riot, and cops are bad, and cops are – got to kill the cops, and, and light cop cars on fire. This happened every summer that Obama was in there. These people were paid to do that. It hasn't happened once. Since Trump was in. Now, have police officers since Trump's been in maybe had a bad, you know, shot someone who maybe shouldn't have been shot? Of course, this is what happens in law enforcement. We have, we have 50 million people, about 500 million people in this country. Of course it's going to happen. But why hasn't there been these cities on fire and all of this going on? Because those people were paid to do that. And it, that's more, a lot more sinister than just trying to sway someone with words. That's putting millions of dollars on the street to burn cities and to start uh, 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 uprising of the uh, of people in neighborhoods. And that's that's really dangerous. And that's one of the things that Trump has stopped. That's a huge thing. If that would have went on, this country would have went back 50, 60 years.
5: He, he single-handedly
11: stopped that. I think it's amazing. Well, yeah.
5: you know, I, that's yeah. the next. That's the next step. They had to give. They had to give them the people. Once they've created this rage, and and hate in people, they had to give them something to do. So they paid for those type of things because that, that gave them an outlet to it. So that's you know, it's like like Manson or the Branch Davidian. There was a there was an end game. To, to for them for all that conditioning, to get the, the people to do a certain thing, and we saw the outcomes of, of those type situations with the murders and the, the burning and you know the mass suicide and all that. So you you have the same scenario, and they're going to continually fund that. They're going to they they're just going to do it in different ways. They they've realized the psychology of this is working because they, they have created this mass golem of of people that that are you can't you can't wear a hat and you may be attacked i mean you know i mean i right. you know uh, it, it's just it, and that's that's what we're that's what we're dealing with and you're not going to slam the other way with words either because like i said this is a perception when when you have every i when i did do research on on twitter i found that any kind of liberal topic has those kind of tweets where you're seeing Forty, fifty, sixty thousand retweets in a couple minutes, and having two or three hundred thousand retweets, and from accounts that have two or three hundred followers, and Trump gets fourteen thousand retweets. So it, it and it, that goes on with Google. And like I said, if you open up some of the spam emails where people are trying to sell you stuff, you'll see it there too. And it, it's just a constant bombardment until people are conditioned to that this is what reality is and kind of like in the I'm, matrix like I'm not I guess. for
0: regulation and you
5: got to wake them I'm up I'm
0: not for regulation
10: but I think that social media should have regulations and it should be either totally free or abolished because I, I don't think it should be one sided because it becomes a very big
11: tool of propaganda so I I I'm I'm for regulating a Facebook and a Twitter and stuff like that, just to make sure that every they're
10: on the up and up.
3: Yeah,
1: I I, uh, I think we need to do something about it because you look at all the craziness and the insanity of tech censoring and, and ruining people's livelihood. It's absolutely terrible, uh, Kevin. Kevin, go ahead.
6: I would say that Daryl Kane said it so beautifully, and this is just my opinion as to the fall of comedy and the the fall of absolutely just freedom of uh, open speech. And it's because the Ministry of Truth, if you guys know 1984, the Ministry of Truth that tells you lies, uh, they are so ever-pervasive in our society. They they reach to every corner of every social and political institution out there. You know, they say, uh, war is peace. Freedom is slavery. We have right now, that uh, comedy is hate and speech is violence. And it's been absolutely distorted and perverted and you could go nowhere on television and find someone that's uh, conservative, uh, let alone funny in the uh, comedy sphere especially. And I I think what's been going on right now especially is that uh, these uh, comedy uh, types, you know, you have your, your late night hosts and all these different shows—they mock the same viewpoints, the same topic points. You know, they're not interested in making you laugh necessarily. They want to in, indulge in their fantasies. They want to tell you the, what to believe, just like the the media does at, at every corner. They get uh, social media wants to shape us this way, and uh, especially when it comes to uh, the youth. Uh, we grew up with the internet. We don't have this kind of attachment to TV, and so that's what makes us. Uh, So different than the older generations We look for our own information uh, Outside of television Because we have independent sources We have people that just make Videos on YouTube We have people that make groups And pages on social media And that's a lot of where we get our sources And we don't don't rely on The the media or people That uh, have their big shows on on Television and it's Really created uh, incredible Communities I mean you have the most popular person on the entire planet his, his name is uh felix uh i uh, can't remember his last name he's a swedish guy known as pewdiepie yeah uh, he's uh he's like at 95 million i love pewdiepie wonderful right yeah and so this I is a man PewDiePie. that Pie.
11: i love i love his dr phil segments they're
6: unbelievable yeah. That's his top name. yeah yeah, and it, it, precisely the point is that he doesn't do anything particularly special or flashy. He's in his room. There's no budget costs in his production. It's absolutely uh, just his personality and what he brings off of the Internet that really builds his community. Uh, that's something that the media hates because they can't control it. They, they have no weapon against it, so they want to use all these different tactics to smear him as a, a terrible person, etc., and uh, it's really inspired, a, a, uh, especially this, these young communities, to um, to do kind of the, the same thing. And uh, it's really taking people away from the from the entire, uh, yeah, big corporate media industry. And uh, like someone else that's extremely uh, growing really fast is this 14 uh, year old girl. Her name's Sof. Uh, that's where you find her, and she does everything entirely herself. And she just uh Speaks her mind, and she's able to have a woke, conservative political commentary, and uh, it's it's really what's uh, driving people's uh, philosophy, and it's funny. So uh, you know, we, what we see, especially in universities, we have uh, two years ago, Dave Chappelle spoke at university, he got booed off stage by the SJW types for being you know, insensitive. His, his commentary, his, uh, his comedy, didn't change whatsoever, but it was that he. Uh, the basically the Ministry of Truth had set these laws, the, this playbook that you can't say these things anymore, and uh, if you do, you get shunned, and you get ousted, you get blacklisted. You can't perform in these clubs anymore because of these beliefs. You're too what they call edgy. You're too uh, you know you're not politically correct in all this, and it, it's mm-hmm. happening ever pervasively. So uh, and you know what that that's such yeah. a great point because. That that happened, you know,
11: I'm older, but I recognize that. And what happened was I couldn't go into some of these clubs. These clubs were run by ultra, ultra liberal. And I would walk in and they would say, no, these jokes, no Jewish jokes, no Holocaust jokes, no, no, these jokes, no, no pro Trump things. Don't make fun of Obama. And I was like, that's my whole set, dude, you know, And, and 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 they would just, you know there were so many restrictions and, and and every comic that went up there after a while was a cookie cutter same nonsense and then i said to myself i said you know what i got to do my own thing and i went on social media and i started doing my own thing and now i know you know there's some boundaries that i have to still uh, uh you know <laughs> apply when it comes to facebook and stuff but i i now have a following of my own for all those people who don't want to go to clubs, you know? And and a lot of times what happens is I'll get a club, like I'm in Florida, a club will tell me, hey, Freddie, come here and do, you know, a set. And and I say, you know what? I don't want to perform in your club anymore. Now I got people from social media and I play a mile away from their club and I get three times the people who are coming and I don't need them anymore. And if more people did that, if more people turned to the club and said, I'll do my own thing, I'm the artist. You go to social media, you get yourself a following, and then the clubs could kiss your ass because you don't have to follow their rules anymore. You've you've shown them that this is what the world is now. And I'm glad at my age that I caught on to that. And, and that, those are, right now are the successful comedians who took to social media – And said, I'm not playing by the rules no more. And I think in the future, in the future, people are going to look back at that and say, that's one of the things that's that's saving comedy. And you get a lot of comics now. I see them all over Facebook. They're like, yeah, these assholes, they're getting hired. You know, they're getting these nice gigs. And because they have so many followers on, on Facebook, it's not, you know, they don't play the clubs I play. But guess what? Nobody wants to see your bullshit 25 minutes of what (laughs) Trump is destroying destroying your life. They want to see comedy. And it's like we're beating them at their own game. And and that's great. More comics have to go and do social media and be funny and draw their own crowd. And then let the club say, you know what? There's no restrictions in my club. Please come back. Right. Absolutely right.
6: And the uh, last point I want to make is that as they're kicking us off of these major platforms, it just makes us realize: well, hey, people like us for us, right? And they don't care for the platform nearly as much. So when PewDiePie went into uh, a, a different video sharing platform, it's now making uh, that platform uh, a much more popular. I can't remember it right now, but essentially, there's many different uh, comedians and uh, providers of information that have decided, hey. You know, we actually don't need any of these uh, totalitarian networks. These, uh, I mean, these payment processors that are stifling our freedom of speech and our ability to engage with the, this community. So, I, I essentially think that the more pushback these groups give to, especially us conservatives, that the more they're gonna be shooting themselves in the foot. YouTube uh, realized a loss of 70 billion dollars recently and it's yep. because of their infringement on people's speech. So uh, they may be shooting themselves in the foot, and uh, I hope sooner than later us uh, conservatives or just anti-leftists just uh, realize and uh, uh, make our own way because we're totally capable, and, and they're totally not capable of uh, uh, giving the people what they want. I think
11: you're right. I think that because of this, this is the infant stage, I think... What they're doing, and they don't even realize it, is they're setting up another social media platform that doesn't exist now, but maybe in five or ten years will exist, and it'll these will be the babies, and then we'll have a real, totally open social media all over the country. Say what you want, post what you want, doesn't matter, and you'll have other countries that'll be, you know, a lot of these countries, there's no freedom. But if you make something like that where they could go on like a – you know, like hack into it and they could spread information, that's what takes these other countries down. But I believe it's going to breed a super social media platform for the future that's going to be the ultimate, that's going to be great. Just like, look, look at the United States. There was Europe. There were all kinds of stuff happening People couldn't religiously uh, uh, worship what they want. They couldn't economically do anything. And what happened? It, it it turned into the United States. The United States was born. And now it's totally free, and it was an outlet, and it was the ultimate. Same thing's going to happen with social media. There's going to be a big, big change, and they're going to, they, like yeah. you said, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot, and they're going to slit their own throats. Can't wait till it happens.
6: Absolutely. And what's I scary... It go, go, Dive ahead, go ahead, John. Yeah, Dive is the platform, the video platform. It runs on a blockchain technology, and that's just one of the, the examples of people moving away from YouTube and other platforms to go uh, to start their own thing. So yeah, I completely agree with you.
1: And what's scary, Man, got what's smart, scary is
11: that you, got you have credit card companies doing that
10: stuff now. you got some smart fans on your show.
11: I'm feeling stupid
10: now, you know? Uh...
11: I'm like, uh, you've got really smart people on your show. This is oh, great. Yeah. Also, yeah.
6: uh, Dissent- Dissenter is another great platform that you could use in order to bypass all the uh, infringements upon YouTube. So, in, like for example, if they take down a comment section of a YouTube, if you go on Dissenter, really? this is a platform that will give you the co- people access to the content, uh, to comments, and actually engage in these platforms without the, being able to have your – speech stipends like that right okay i'm almost 30 um, years old i don't exactly understand every single
11: thing you're saying but you know i'm i'm excited but,
6: right
1: right uh maria maria in oregon go ahead
9: hi fred uh i wanted to know if you think that donald trump should have a night of comedy with comedians just like you you know, like, oh. you know, like the White House correspondent that he cancels all the time, but like a, a better one than that. Would that be a good idea? And what kind of jokes would you tell? And um, I really think you're funny, and
11: that's it. That is a, what a great idea. That would be, let me tell you something, that would shatter. That would get like five Super Bowls worth of viewers. Onto that. That's how much yeah. people yeah. want to see that. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And, and the material I would do, you know, I would do my, the material that I do on stage, I do pro Trump jokes. And, and, and I mm-hmm. say funny things about how he's going to change the world, you know, and, um, and yeah. how the world's going to change in a funny way because he's doing such great things. And, and I make, I also make fun of the media, I make fun of how right. media bought stupid things and, and, and twist it. And that would be the greatest comedy show in the world. What a great idea. Again I
1: feel really is
9: <laughs> a really a really great idea.
1: It really is though. And uh I uh you know what, we do have to let you go here in a couple seconds, but I do want to have you back very soon. It's been a real pleasure. I love having you on and uh If if you can, come back soon, please. And please tell everybody where would find all your work.
11: Well, uh, you got to go on uh, Facebook, Fred Rubino, GTFOH. Get the fuck out of here. I have a cooking show. I have question and answer Wednesdays. I have videos all week. Also, my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to
10: my YouTube channel. Uh,
11: I got a great video of uh, De Niro crying. When Trump uh, was elected, go on
10: YouTube
11: and go on the Fred Rubino, Robert De Niro, and you will see a hilarious video of De Niro crying when Trump uh, – it, it's, it's the scene from Goodfellas when he smashes the telephones. It, it, the call – yeah, instead hilarious. of the call saying Tommy got whacked, it says that Trump won the election. and it, So go on YouTube. <laughs> subscribe to me on YouTube and Facebook. And come to my shows and support me because I am one of the only conservative comics out there that's still making yeah. people laugh. Right. Absolutely.
1: And, and, you know, God bless you. And, and please come come on again in the next couple of weeks. You got it.
0: No problem.
1: All righty. So- sounds good, Fred. Uh, thank you for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. God bless, my friend.
11: God bless you, and get the fuck out of here, right?
1: (laughs) Too funny. Uh, We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sauter from The Rory Sauter Show. We are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast-to-coast, coast worldwide, listened to in 23 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And, everybody, if you missed any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our new media site, The Next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA.com. And in the coming weeks, as everybody knows, we will be having many notable people doing their own shows on the network, which I'm very excited to share the details with you. Uh, I want to welcome to the show – um political activist, veteran, and congressional candidate in District
9: 41, California. Uh is it do I pronounce it Asia? Is that how I pronounce it? You can, but it's really pronounced Aja. Aja,
1: okay perfect. Aja Smith. A- how are you, Aja? Welcome to the show.
9: Good. Thank you for inviting me. Actually I did run in twenty eighteen, well with no success, but that's okay. I'll have success in twenty twenty. Well, yeah,
1: t- you know, since it's your first time on the show, I'd love for you to kind of tell about your background. You know, you have a pretty impressive background in the Air Force, if I'm not mistaken, right?
9: Yes, yeah. 10 years in the Air Force. I Well, I'll start. I Well, thank you for having me, and um, hello, everyone. My name is Aja Smith. I live in California, Riverside County, uh, District 41. And my cities that my district um, covers is Merino Valley, Riverside, Paris, Europa, and parts of Mead Valley. And I spent 10 years in the Air Force, um, DOD altogether, 15 years, because I was also a civil service employee as well. I deployed to Qatar. I joined the military right after, well, in 2002, right the year at, a year later after nine eleven, which inspired me to join. I come from a big military family. My grandparents served. My great uncle was a Tuskegee airman, um, many cousins and, and different relatives um, and, aunts, and a couple of more aunts and uncles that I found out later that they also served in the air force and different branches of service. So serving is in my blood. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you know, for you know uh,
1: thank you so much for your service i tell everybody that and no thank you you for your support absolutely absolutely you know and let's talk about california because i mean what what that state is dealing with is a complete disaster it's terror everything about the policies it seems like is third world it's communism at its finest And, and you know we need people like you in congress To to stop stuff like this. And, you know, there's so many people I've talked to that have said that California is not even, you know, parts of it aren't even recognizable anymore. And it's not the place that they once knew when they were growing up.
9: No, I was born and raised in California. And people said, why don't you move? And it's like, no, I'm going to stay here fighting until I got my last breath of fighting. And California, you know, we started declining. I'll even say when even Schwarzenegger was in office, because of a lot of the, I call them, I don't call them liberal. I call them socialists and communists. They started taking right. over in, in, the, in the local governments. They started getting on the city councils, the school boards, the regional boards and every position you can until they work their way up until up to, to the Senate and an assembly. And right now, you I saw so many changes with weird laws, stupid laws, higher taxes on the state level, no um, potholes increasing. And I always tell people politics starts at the local level. And that's where I always tell people to start. People complain about the federal government, but I tell them, actually, what you're seeing, what you need to go do is go to your city council meetings and start complaining. And that's how I got involved in politics, heavily. And California – I, I always tell people, please don't think we're all Looney Tunes. We're not Looney Tunes. We have a lot of great conservatives. We have libertarians. We have no party preference. And some Democrats who are fed up with the supermajority in Sacramento, which is why we see all these laws that hinder us, especially in San Francisco. Now, I went to San Francisco a couple of years ago to visit my brother. Well, he lives in Oakland. And we went to San Francisco. It wasn't the cleanest, but it was doable. We got to go places and see things and, and eat. And now I'm looking online. There's actually feces map, poop maps. And I said, what is this? And I called him and he said, it's so bad. They can't, him and his wife, and he has a my little nephew, they can't even go there because it's so bad. And I tell people, you know, Don't give up on us in California. I know people make fun of us in California, but I tell everybody, California, as California goes, the rest of the nation follows. So when you see laws about a straw ban, trust me, it's going to go to New York and it's going to go to Colorado, then it's going to go to Arizona, then it's going to go to Nevada. Pay attention to what's going on here in my state, because it does spread throughout across the nation
1: and look at look at how malicious California is. you know they just passed a bill in the Senate that basically entails keeping Trump off the ballot in 2020 unless he shows his tax returns and we also saw our president sign a law into place uh, recently in the last couple of days. There was an article out saying uh, he he basically revived the national program to exclude illegals from jobs and if people start hiring him, then they get in trouble but you talk about California, and I'm in Arizona, so I mean, there's so many
0: illegal oh, here. Oh, you're right, in down California, the street, yeah. there's a bunch of
9: them as well. Go ahead. Yeah, it, 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 I, I'm here. We kind of broke up a little bit. Yeah, just the way, just how malicious uh,
1: the the politicians are in California and how they are, I mean, they're destroying, I mean, the, the left politicians in Arizona are destroying many, many
9: things. I mean, they're doing it in California, too. Yes, it's terrible. And I tell people, you know, not only just conservatives and Republicans, I've been talking to Democrats who privately message me because they're too afraid to come out. And I understand that. And I even talked to a lot of no party pressers. They said, what can we do? And I tell them, Not only vote in the presidential election, you have to vote in the midterm election. And I ran in 2018, and I told everybody, if we don't win back the House, we are going to see Nancy Pelosi as House Speaker, and we're going to see the Democrats go full throttle with their far-left agenda and what's happening now. We see it. We see now they they want the president to show his tax returns, and the state of California said, well, we're not going to put him on the ballot because he won't show his tax returns. What in the world are these people thinking? What country do we live in? This is not a communist state or a communist country. And I don't care if you are a Democrat or a Republican. I I don't agree to make those kind of threats for the person who's sitting in office. You put them on the ballot whether you like them or not. If 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 the Republicans did that, well, Barack Obama said, well, if you don't show your birth certificate, we're not going to put you on the ballot. Do you know how how big that would be?
1: Yeah, it, no, you're absolutely right. And the whole double standard, you know, uh, the media would be having a, a freak out fit if if they were threatening Obama. But the fact that it's Trump, they enable it. And, and they encourage yep. it, which is disgrace it's disgraceful and look at california uh you know with the homeless population in the tents i'm I'm from originally from Seattle, so I've lived down okay. in Arizona for about seven years though, but my city uh-huh. of Seattle, I don't even recognize it. I do not even recognize it because of all the tents, the homeless epidemic, same sort of problem in San Francisco with the feces on the street, you got needles and, and it just it seems that you know it doesn't just seem it's actually a fact that any any bu any place that has poverty is usually run by a liberal any place it that is. has this sort of epidemic because what they do is they create problems so they can go and give a speech on how they think they have a solution. It just keeps drawing their sheep back
9: in it's disgusting oh it is it, it's beyond you know when i when I was going around campaigning and I was talking to a lot of my friends and a lot of my constituents, the grassroots. I said, if if you really think the Republican Party is so bad, we live in liberal California. What policies are the Republicans putting on us that are making our lives even worse? And everybody was saying, you're you're absolutely correct. It's not the Republican policies, especially where I live or in California. Right. We, it, it, you know, is it, is look at Detroit, look at Baltimore, look at Chicago. Those are not Mm -hmm. Republican policies. So you can't complain about a Republican policies and ideology are making your life so bad. It is the Democrat ideology, the socialist ideology, the progressive Mm -hmm. ideology that is bringing you down with higher taxes, no jobs, and dependent on the government. So I've Mm -hmm. been trying to uh, curtail my message this time to really start pointing Mm -hmm. out facts and just showing people – Show me where a Republican is making your life bad in your city, yep. and I and 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 tell me if that was right or wrong. You can't blame Donald Trump. You cannot blame yep. Ronald Reagan. You cannot blame George W. Bush when it comes down to even local level because they're on the federal level. We have Gavin Newsom, who absolutely the devil. I could have, but yeah, that's that's the devil's son. If you really look at him, he looks like Lucifer in the flesh. I mean he he he's now asking, Well, we need an investigation for the gas. Why is the gas so high? It's like really, you were the lieutenant governor when all this was going down. We have prop six, and you're gonna question why the gas is so high. What state did you think you got elected? i mean elected to
6: right, right you, you know you
9: look at look at all these
1: problems. What would be your first uh what would be the first thing you do on the agenda if you get elected what would like to turn around california what would be your the, the the steps uh how how would you proceed
9: because i am on the federal level i do believe in constitution i i am a big constitutionalist um when it comes to our our levels of government i i really want to educate I want people to educate. i i really really do I am a veteran. I really want to make sure and fix the, the veterans' affairs. My opponent, Mark DeSano, has been on the on the veterans' affairs committee since he's been in office, and we've had more suicides and more issues when it comes to vet health. I want to take that over. I I want to see I want to see it on that committee because I know the issues. I had friends who committed suicide while we were serving, and it's the most heartbreaking thing to ever experience when it comes to I, policies in california go ahead oh no, no continue sorry oh when it comes to policies in california we need more republicans on our congressional seats here in california we hold the most seats and that's why i've been trying to tell everybody i'm probably going to start doing um videos and post them on twitter i have more following on twitter than facebook So if you see me on Twitter, you can follow me at AJA, A-J-A-4, F-O-R, Congress on Twitter. And I'm going to start doing videos this week and start explaining, educating people on the issues and how the federal government can help. But I am a constitutionalist where I believe less government gets a lot of the big government out of people's lives. And I, right. that's why I really admire Rand Paul, Donald Trump, Ted Cruz. We want limited government. But now when it comes to states' rights, <laughs> I tell people, oh, my God, my state is horrible for states' rights because we don't have any rights in California. We we barely have any gun rights in California. We can't even ho- have a straw in California, let alone. But to start educating people and educating my constituents about Okay, if you vote for this person versus this person, this is how it's going to affect us on in our district on the state level and also on the local level. And I've been doing that with a lot of people telling them who and not to vote for based on their voting record. I tell people you have to look at the voting record. When it comes uh-huh. to federal, I want to go in there and make sure that we have lower taxes, the president's promises are still being ha- upheld. We have that border security. We have um, maybe, I I would like to see, maybe try a flat tax rate later on in the future Mm -hmm. to see if that's even feasible. But when it comes to the state level, we do have a lot of influence as congressional members. But, of course, Mm -hmm. it's up to the Senate and the Assembly to make sure those laws are passed. And just to educate my constituents, this is what Prop 6 means. You're going to either have higher gas tax or lower gas tax. Right, right. Very well said. Uh, Dr. Branch, go ahead.
2: Hello, Aja. How are you tonight? Good, and you? Can can you hear me well?
9: Yes, you're loud. You're very clear.
2: Okay, fantastic. Aja, I want to congratulate you. First in 2018, winning your primary and going into the general election, it's such a good showing. And, you. Uh, you know, and I love seeing the stripes on your uniform. Uh, I was in the Air Force as well, Sergeant, re- and uh, in cryptographic. So I repair to maintain oh, wow. cryptographic computers. So uh, I, I like seeing another enlisted person there actually fighting it out. Um, yes, because it, it, it's I mainly know
9: officers.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, we know, only have any
9: thing... enlisted that go to Congress as mainly officers. <laughs>
2: Well, that isn't that correct. I mean that that's the truth, yes. and, uh, and that's to the me, truth. we I, yes. we keep those planes flying, and all the officers in the Air Force know that. <laughs> so, yes, you
9: know. they yes they do.
2: And uh, so I want to congratulate you, and I, I want to also congratulate you on running again. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, David Schweikert, out of he's Congressman out of Arizona. You know, oh, I, right. I, I ran for Superintendent of Public Instruction for the state of Arizona, and I lost by two hundred oh and forty nine votes. And uh
8: God.
2: Yeah, it was close. And That's uh David bianco. Schweiker had a, Yeah, and Schweikert had uh some really good advice to me. He said, Bob, I ran for Congress three times before I won. Right. So keep at it. Keep building your yeah. name. Keep going through. Um, you know, you have an uphill battle with the Democrats in your state, you know, yeah. uh but you know, on social media, whatever we can do to help you, let us know, you know, get in contact with us uh, because we all have, you know, good followings out there and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to spend a lot of time trying to educate people, especially, you know, you said you want to fix VA. Well, that's something near and dear to my heart, but you got that nut job AOC saying fix VA. There's nothing wrong with VA.
9: Well, no. I can I can even say Mark Tocano in 2012, he became the chair. Keep in mind, Mark Tocano, people say who, who, and then they confuse him with Ted Lieu. I said, no, Mark Tocano became the chair when he was first elected, and then he got downgraded to vice chair, and then he's back to chair. He's never served in the military. How can somebody who's never served in the military be in charge of Veterans Affairs? I have an issue with that and I don't care if they're a Republican or a Democrat. If you've never served in the military, how can you chair a committee that you've never even, don't even understand?
2: And those that don't know Mark uh, Tacano, he he is the incumbent that you're facing. Yes. Right. And, uh, yes. you know, what a, what a great point. And I love what you said about, you know, Cal because California gun laws are just outrageous. Outrageous. Yes. Uh and you know, I could take as much ammo as I want. You can't. <laughs> That's no. incredible. I can buy any gun I the want. Ammunition
9: you can't. and everything that, and now they're, they're they're now that the ammunition and the gun have to be registered to that gun. It it is so crazy here. And and, and if
2: you have any uh armalite uh rifle, AR type rifle, you have to have it uh modified. And to me and, and there, but there's plenty that are are restricted. You're not even allowed to have them. And so that yeah. that's terrible, but I like what you said about the straw. You know, the straw revolution needs to happen out there. I mean, at every campaign event, just hand somebody a plastic straw and just say, "Listen, I'm in a revolution here. We got to take back this state. You guys are nuts." So, you know, my prayers are with you. God bless you. I Thanks like for that. Th-
9: Find me on Facebook. Find you know, you can friend yeah. me, Aja, Aj, oh, Aj. I, I, I see Find you me. right here. Yeah, uh, friend me perfect. on Facebook, and we'll stay in touch. I'll obviously, oh, I'm open to networking across the state because I keep telling people. As California goes, the rest of the nation follows.
2: Well, Absolutely. and we all have some good uh, friends that are in and help you out. So you take care. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kevin, go
6: ahead. Well, I just want to thank you for uh, everything that you've said so far and your uh, large ambitions in order to educate. And um, I, I could really go on and on with the flattery. I just want to know, is there anything in your uh, your district that you think is kind of a hot topic issue or anything that you think really pulls people the most. Uh, as Being in California, I would think that um, – well, actually, I, I don't know what it is. If it's either like a social issue or like an economic issue um, that really, you think, takes people from being a uh, sit-at-home, like not going out to vote, or something that really drives them to go vote for a particular issue.
9: Well, good good question. What we've learned uh, in our past elections, even before Donald Trump became um, the president nominee, what we've learned a lot of the complacency is midterm elections. And so this year, as the Republican Party, I am also a delegate as well. We said we're going to really get people to get out to vote because the gas tax um, appeal was on the ballot, and it was. We said, okay, we're going to use this to help the candidates, help myself, and start driving that to get people to get out to vote. And unfortunately, it failed. What really hurt us in this time was AB 1921 is the ballot harvesting. It passed, I want to say 2016, where the Democrats figured out how to commit voter fraud. Before, if you had an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot, and you could not make it down to turn yours in, you have a designated person. It could be your mom, your spouse, your friend, whoever you designate that to. And so what the Democrats did, they passed a law that everybody slept on, and I do blame the Republican Party to an extent with this because they could have challenged this all the way up to the Supreme Court. It's called ballot harvesting, where anybody can go to your door and they know that, and they say, "Hey, did you vote today? Oh, I'll take your ballot to the to the registrar of voters and turn it in." Okay. It it unleashes so much where they can either throw away your ballot, they can change your vote, they they just collect all these ballots in which the Republicans we were pretty much blindsided to an extent. I didn't know how severe it was. I do. You know, fault myself for not educating myself until I started learning more about ballot harvesting. But that is what's really killing us here in this state is the mail by votes, the illegal votes, and the dead people voting. We do have that here. Is is right. the main issue that we need to focus on on the federal level? Is especially if the president really wants to win again, is to crack down mm-hmm. on on how we vote. Please. Federal law, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, we do. We do have a few minutes left, uh, Kevin.
1: Just in case I don't get back to you, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh yeah,
6: just find me at Nationalists United on uh, Facebook and or nationalistsunited.com. dot uh, com. Thanks for everything, Rory and the panelists.
9: And, I, and free me on Facebook. Free me on Facebook, Aja we'll a j a Smith. Free, free me on Facebook. Right. Well, Let's go to Bill. Bill in Texas, go ahead.
5: How prevalent do you think that illegal voting is in California?
9: Oh,
5: it's very is very high. We, and that would be primarily for the Democratic side of, of things because they offer the programs and. The, oh
9: yeah, because so it started is plus when Jerry Brown allowed um, illegals to get driver's license and and at the DMV they're automatically register vote without even verifying if they're legal or not. It's been an ongoing problem here, and that's the main mm-hmm. issue. Oh yes, it has been one thing I've to say about Arnold Schwarzenegger, he did not allow um illegal immigrants to get driver's license. He said no, but as soon as Jerry Brown got Crazy. into office, he did. And to me, it it was it, it just opened up a whole entire Pandora's box. And now they yeah. have the ballot harvesting which now makes it even more vulnerable in our elections.
7: Right.
1: right. Uh Bill, please tell everybody where they can find you in case I don't get back to you.
7: Yeah, you can
5: follow me on Twitter at SuperEliteTexan. elite Texan. Nice, good show.
1: Sounds, that's, sounds good. Sounds uh, good. Let's go to Dar Darryl. uh Can you can you make it quick? I know you got some points.
6: Yeah, no, no. Hey, hey Aja,
4: I really appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate your service. Uh, I want to ask you, as someone that uh, used to live in the Bay Area, you a uh, you a Raiders or a Niners girl?
9: <laughs> oh, I hate these sports questions. <laughs> okay, you're
4: not okay. No, that's work. that's okay. Actually
9: a I, I, I actually I, I I was a Dallas Cowboys fan for a very long time, but the New Orleans that's Saints cool. are in my heart. My grandmother's from Louisiana, so the New Orleans Saints. When it comes to California teams, I said the best team to win. I was a Forty ers fan until his name uh-huh. started kneeling and I said no more. So the Raiders are good for me, but I also like the Rams. The Rams did pretty Uh good except for the Super Bowl. I don't know what was going on on Super Bowl. I was getting bored. I I ended up doing other things, my whole family. So the Orleans Saints are in my heart. The Dallas Cowboys, I love. I love the Patriots, trust me. I really do. But the Rams really disappointed me. I I, I said, this is the saddest game I have ever seen in my life. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. They
9: got,
4: they got, they got Belichick. Well, I had a cowboy starter jacket when I was a kid with the Urban uh, yeah. Aikman and Smith. Okay, so I'm seeing on your Facebook page. So, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Last question.
9: Oh, the one I, I don't, I, kind of, kind of stumped me on that one. I actually love balls. the one. I actually love the one when Princess Leia became minutes. a slave was Jabba the Hutt that was a very good one. All right. All right. Uh, Daryl,
1: please tell everybody well, where I
9: can find you.
4: Daryl Kane, 2024.com. God bless everyone. You guys have a lovely day.
1: God evening. bless Take you, too.
4: Thank you, you Aja. Too. Take care.
1: And, uh, Aja, please tell everybody where they can find you and connect with you.
9: You can find me on Facebook. I don't mind your friend requests. I don't post too much political on my personal page, but I do it on my okay. Twitter. It's AJA okay. for Congress, and I also have a Facebook page, AJA for Congress. My website, I had to get it revamped, so you can follow me at all three of those platforms. You can chat with me. I don't mind.
1: Sounds good. Dr. Branch, please tell everybody where they can find you. We do got to go.
2: Follow me on Twitter at Bob Branch. That's
1: All righty. Perfect, everybody. And we will see everybody tomorrow. Uh, Thank you, Aja, for joining tonight. Um, It's been a great show, everybody. It's been a fantastic show. Uh, We've gotten so much addressed, so much established. Uh, Amazing uh, guests came on tonight. Uh, I want to thank all my co-hosts, my guests, my sponsors and audience. You guys are all incredible. Don't forget the Rory Sauter Show is listened to in 23 different countries and on nearly 70 online platforms. And uh, everybody, we will be back with you tomorrow night. We have a huge show. Uh, please uh, uh, make sure to uh, check it out. And uh, yeah, uh, I will see you all tomorrow. And uh, God bless. I'm Roy Soder. Thank you for tuning in to the Roy Sodder Show. Cheers everyone.